And we're here on the KM Podcast. Ken Brown from WGR Radio, Michael Hare, DetroitLions.com, as we talk Lions football. Hello, Mike. Uh, good morning, Ken Brown. How you doing? Uh, a barn burner yesterday, a barn burner yesterday. But let me start, before we even go any farther, that a win is a win is a win. Okay? That's that's pretty much what right. uh, Dan Campbell said to his players after the game. Yeah, a win is a win is a win. We can talk about the way they played and the things that we have to look out for, but a win is a win, especially on the road, especially against a good team. And coming back home now for two games, you're seven and two. You're in you're in great position. Okay, but but what? But I have not liked the way they played in certain aspects of the game the last three weeks. This is a three week thing going now. That has some problems that have developed that I think should be addressed. And um we're going to talk about it because I just think there's a couple of things that we can talk about the going forward. Now, it depends what your depends what your goals for the rest of the year are. Are your goals for the rest of the year to be a uh, good team, win the division, just get a playoff home game, and then that's all you want to do? Which was, to me, truthfully, the start of the season, that was my top goal. Or have you surpassed that now and you really want to be one of the top teams in the conference? So it depends on which way – the Lions management and Dan Campbell view what they want to get accomplished this year? Well, with me, Kenny, I'm a little bit different than you. I thought that the minimum would be making the playoffs and having a home game and winning it. But to me, that was the minimum. I didn't think that wasn't projecting a Super Bowl or anything like that. But to me, the minimum was to make the playoffs and have a home game and win it. From the beginning of the year, that was your goal? That's what you... That's what I. That's what I said. Yeah. How many games did you have them winning? A minimum of ten. Well, I thought ten. So you thought ten wins would get you a home game and be able to win? Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Okay. See, that's that's and it it will. I don't think so. I think uh, ten wins might get you a playoff home game, but I don't know if you'd be that much better than one of those wild cards. Wait wait a minute. It doesn't matter because there's seven now. And unless the, the the bottom falls out, they're gonna they're gonna surpass ten easy. Yeah, they're gonna have in two, in two. They're gonna leave. They're gonna leave Ford Field on Thanksgiving Day with a nine with a nine and two record. I hope so. But like I said, yeah, division I games so. are funny, and I I just want them. The, the trend with this plan is bothering me. But anyway, let's talk about yesterday's game. Exciting game. Um, great game, offensively. I thought they could have put that game away earlier in the first quarter. There was a bogus call on Jamison Williams' touchdown that was brought back. After I reviewed that play 100 times last night, I think that was a marginal call at best that took a touchdown off the board. And then there was a couple other plays that they let the uh, Chargers get back in to get like 17 or whatever. And I just thought that when they were up, they were about 10 points early in the game. They were up um, 24 to 10. Yeah, twenty-four to ten. I thought they should have put them away right then. Well, they kept scoring. The other, the, the, the Chargers kept scoring too. They, they scored five straight, five straight possessions. And that's the last five, their last five right. possessions. Kenny, they scored touchdowns. A playoff team, any playoff team, you can't have you can't have a defense that's getting scored on five touchdowns and five possessions. I'm sorry, just that's not a that's not a playoff defense. So it's, there's some checking that's going to have to be done on that. And I'm going to tell you why as we get into it. But let's stick with the offense first, then we'll get to the defense, which 
to me is a problem that's reared his head for three weeks now. Even though the L.A. Raiders game sounded, the Las Vegas Raiders game sounded uh, by score that it was a great defensive thing, but uh, I, I don't even think that was a great – I just thought you played a bad offensive team. But offensively, they, the offensive line was back. I guess this is the starting unit going forward with Glasgow taking Big V's place, and I thought they, they played a tremendous game. Bosa and Mack did not sniff golf the whole day. No, they didn't. But then the other side of it is the Lions didn't do much to their quarterback either. So that was a wash. But I agree with you. We now have the five starters, and they're healthy. And when they're healthy and they're playing together, they are really a, 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 a genuine force for other teams to deal with. Yeah, very much so. And I mean, golf is—he's like he—he he was like he was in cotton back there. I think he said after the game, I didn't get touched all day. And against those two pass rushes, not even getting touched—that's a—that's a compliment to your offensive line. And now, we saw the first game. This is the first game, I think, that all offensive skill players were there and your offensive line was intact, ready to go. I think this was the first game. You had Gibbs, you had Montgomery, you had Jamo Williams, you had St. Brown. You had all your players and pieces together. And if that offense is going to perform like that, look out, because they're going to put points on the board the rest of the year. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Jamo first, because that's, that's your guy. But, but you, you are right. That, that's, they, they've got their guys now. They really do. That this is, There's no experimenting or anything like that. I think that, I think that the Jamison Williams has started to show a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. Incrementally, I think he's getting a little better. Well, yeah, and, and the thing about it is you don't really need – I mean, when he's needed, yes, and he do. will be needed. No, listen to what I'm saying. Let me finish this. Right well, now, you're scoring points yourself. without him having to be a focal point at all. You don't really need him to be great. You just need him to make the play when you need a play from him. Later on down the line, if there's games where everybody's having problems and you can go to him and he can put up a buck 52 TD game, that's fine. But for right now, just play within the system – you know, they're shoveling out a piece of pie to everybody. Get your little piece of pie every day and just play hard, and that's what he's doing. And I, I, I respect that. And I'm going to tell you another thing, too. If you watch the balls he caught yesterday, he didn't f- fumble balls in his hand. You can see he's getting more comfortable, and golf is getting more comfortable throwing to him. You know, those were easier connections. Those were balls that, you know, maybe in the past he would have fumbled or dropped out. I just think it's, it's taking him time to get up to speed. But I'm going to tell you one thing. On the play that got called back and on that run, Montgomery's 75-yard touchdown run, my man got functional speed. He was, like, behind Montgomery and ended up, come on, Montgomery, come with me. I got this guy. I mean, his speed is amazing when you see him on the field. Well, St. Brown was out there, too, leading the way, too. So he had he had, a, he had an, a convoy there yeah. getting him to the promised land. Right. But Williams but, came up from behind and pointed to uh, – pointed to Montgomery and said, come on, I got him. And he, you could see him motion with his hand. And he just sped up in front of him and hit, hit the guy. And then um, St. Brown hit the other guy and they fell. And my man just walks down the line. I'm just saying, that's when he can't give you anything else because you're not throwing to him or he's not getting in the offense, he gives you plays like that. And to me, those are worth those are worth as good a play as a catch. Well, it's worth something. Look, he didn't, he didn't have a, a major role in the offense itself. He had three uh, – he was targeted three times. He had two catches, so it's it's something. Let's just start with that. It's something. Two catches for twenty eight yards. And I don't know if you guys realize or not, he started the game. 
that means nothing to me. Well, that to you it don't, but to normal people it does. He's got he's got thirty four oh. snaps and he let me look yeah. at the stab count. Thirty four snaps and he started the game, mm-hmm. which means a lot. If he's on the field in the first series, depends, that's working to me. No, it don't depend. Who, it don't depend. Depends on who, it depends on who else is on with him. If they're running, if they start with five across, and he's one of those five, it's not the same thing as having him starting two. Which is just it's Mike. They always start at least two receivers. Yeah. Okay, That's so he's one of them. That's what I just said. So he's one of them. But was he one of two? Was he one of three? Was he one of five? According to the official starting lineup, he was one of uh, three. Reynolds started two. Mm-hmm. Reynolds, Williams, and St. Brown were your receivers, which they do every week because they only run one running back. So it, you're starting three every week anyway. And one tight end. And one tight end. Okay. So that's what it was. Don't get excited, but he he's starting, so just let it go. Um, I can't let it go. Yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> but this is nothing. It's too much Jameson Williams Hold talk. Hold on. Don't bring it up then. I like the kid. You brought it up today. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I just said the offense is together with James. We said, oh, you you brought his name up first. So you brought it up. I didn't say anything about him. I wasn't even going to mention it. You did. I did eventually. But like I said, you brought him up first about talking about it. I said there's too much Jameson talk while the offense is humming. He'll get in as he fits in and just let him play. That's all I'm saying. That's the last word on James Williams you'll hear out of me today. Okay, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I do want to talk about the Montgomery-Gibbs split. And I'm kind of liking the way they're doing it because both of them got an equal share of touches, basically. Um, They were dividing them by series, it looked like to me. Every other – they were alternating series. That's the way I saw it. And if that's the case, I'm fine with that. But there's some plays where you need Gibbs in and it's not as serious. I think you had to make some adjustments because – down the situation should be more about when you play them rather than just alternating series. Well, I also think there's some series and some some situations there where you need Montgomery too. I think you need them both. Just That's what I'm saying. Times. But it shouldn't be just by a series alternation. It should be down, you know, down and distance related. Yeah, this is something I'm writing on for DetroitLions.com, our website here. Is that I don't I don't want to call this like a, a running back by committee because I think they're too good for that. I really do. I don't think this is. Committee, where you know two or three, four guys, and we'll just just take a shot at one of them. I think that I think they both have skill. They both have ability. It's a little different, you know, in each one of them. But I I, I just don't think it's that old running back by committee. Well, what are you gonna call it? Time. I'm not gonna call it anything. You gotta call it something. No, I don't. Well, you, just two guys in the running back position. Correct. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. That's good enough for okay. me. Okay. I just put it like this. Let's call it the running back room. Good. That's the same. Okay. Thing. Is that Good. is that will that satisfy you, Mike? Anything you say that makes sense <laughs> satisfies me. But, we're not quite there yet. But I'm gonna tell you right now. No. If Montgomery was hurt uh, yesterday, or because uh, Gibbs had 68 yards in the first quarter, he would have he would have had over 100 yards easy. I'm I'm glad they're not giving him a lot of touches right now. But I'm telling you right now, everybody sees it now. The explosiveness and other teams see it. That's just gonna open up so much stuff in this offense, man. What about the seventy-five yard run by Montgomery too? Did, you, did everybody see that? Yeah, we know. We know. Okay. We're talking about yeah, Gibbs okay. right now. Okay, why don't you stick to what we're talking about? We'll get to Montgomery in a minute. Why don't we stick to Gibbs right now? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get. We'll get to Montgomery. See, you are such a, 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 a contrarian. We talk about what okay. they. We'll get to your, your. We know who your guys are. We'll get to your guys in a minute. I like them all. Okay, well, we're talking about Gibbs right now. 
I know Williams had the great great day. I mean, look, they're both like you said, this the running back room. But I'm talking about explosiveness of one player and what he can do for the rest of the guys in the lineup. And that's Gibbs. And Gibbs is a pass explosive explosive player and a run explosive player. Now, you know the run part came in lately, but the pass part was always there. But I'm I'm telling you right now, they haven't even started getting him down the field yet. Wait till wait till you know they start getting him plays down the field. That's when you're really going to see some explosiveness from Gibbs. Yeah, you don't see yeah, you don't see a lot of that with running backs, but certainly he has the skill to do it. That's you know that's that, you're getting a rare that rare rare era when you start running him down down the play. Right. He's he's got the ability to do that. He really But does. you know who used to do that a lot. Well, not a lot, but could do it was Billy Sims. Billy could do it, right? right. You know what? It was something that, that and Barry Sanders, for all his greatness, he just didn't care for No, it. he didn't care for it. But Billy Sims, I remember that Dallas oh, game yeah. where he caught one down the sideline. I mean, you you could get him. And I think that's what's going to happen with Gibbs. There was a play yesterday with Gibbs. Golf threw it behind him. He caught the ball behind him and um, fell, got up, and got about three or four more yards. It was in the middle of the field. But if Golf would have hit him, on the side he was running, he'd still be running. That that was, I mean, there was nobody there, but he was just golf through it a little behind, well, a lot behind him, and Gibbs went back. But that show you how great a hands he had. He put his hands behind him, caught it while he's running the other way, fell, got up, and, you know, got a few yards. But those are plays that are going to open up as the, as this game goes because, you know, they have to account for Laporta now in the middle of the field. You got Armand St. Brown who patrols all of that. If you well, keep listen, golf and, up, and right, what, this offense is going to be scary. And what about Brock Wright? You know, there for really, a, in some ways, a game deciding catch touchdown. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. When you got so many weapons out there, you put Wright in, and he sneaks out down the middle of the field. Nobody sees him. He did a that's like last year in the Jets game. You know, you you forgot about Brock Wright. Don't forget about. I tell you, what I feel sorry for is James Mitchell. I don't even know has he got a catch this year. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Last year, I, before they drafted Laporte, I thought he was going to be the next up-and-coming tight end for the team, you know, after last year. And now he's, you know, he's he's trying to get catches. He's trying to get playing time. But Laporte is just that right. good. But it's not bad no, having two young tight ends. Don't get me wrong. It's not bad. Don't forget no, about him, though, because that kid has talent, too. It's just that right now it's a numbers game. Yeah, you can only – look, there are only so many numbers to go around. And only too. so many balls and so many numbers. Now – you can't play 13 guys. You know I'm not the biggest Jared Goff fan in the world. I don't hate him, but I don't love him. But I will admit that yesterday was a fine game from Jared Goff. And as long as you keep him clean, he can play you that fine game inside. So I'm happy for what he did yesterday. I thought he was calm, collective. I thought he uh, ran the offense great, no mistakes. That's a nice game on the road by Jared Goff. Well, it's near his old home, too, his old home. Right. Exactly right. Because I forgot he played one year there when the when the uh, stadium opened. That was his last right. year there. Yeah. So, any other golf thoughts before we move on to the bad parts? Uh, I reserve the right to go back. Okay? okay. Just like just like in politics, I reserve <laughs> the right. All right. Hey, and I, I don't want to leave one thing out either. Another big play in the game by somebody who really didn't uh, have a role until the end of the game. That Khalif Raymond catch was huge. Don't forget yeah. Khalif Raymond. He he can give you those, and everybody forgets about him in the offense, but those plays are there. He does a couple of those plays like every fourth or fifth game, a long touchdown or a big play. That was right. a big play, and that was a good play to Khalif, a 41-yard yeah, down the sideline. 
Yeah, he took a big hit too in one of those. He, he really took a. I took thought a my man was like, uh, um, you know, cut him off at the head almost. It went almost hit him in the helmet. <laughs> That was a Derwin James. I tell you what, those yeah. big safeties like that now, man. Those those are dinosaurs, man. You know, big hidden safeties that can't cover can't cover anything. I, I'm not a I'm not a fan of. I, I thought he was very. I thought he was one of the causes why the Lions played as good. He getting penalties out there. He's he's a big guy and he'll hit you. But I don't, man. I think those safeties are becoming extinct in this league. Well, I don't know about extinct, but it, look, it, the, the model for positions changes from year to year, decade to decade. It's it's, it's hard to sometimes hard to follow what the next one's going to be. Yeah, but I, I, for the hype Derwin James gets, I, and I want to know at the end of the game, wasn't that illegal for him to jump over? Aren't you not supposed to be jumping over the the long snapper? You can jump over him. You just can't touch him. Okay, because I was like, he jumped over the damn guy and almost blocked it. I'm like, I thought you couldn't jump over the guy. Well, you know what? That was a big catch for Peterson, a big uh, big moment for uh, Patterson, too. It really was because, you know, he missed it, what, 26 yards of the last last game they played, even though he made made the other four in that game. But, you know, it was good for, good for him to come, you know, to – to come through in the clutch, and that was a big, big catch for him, a big, big kick for him. Well, he's a smart guy because I talked to him in the locker room, and he's smart enough to know that he'd have missed that kick. He couldn't come back, so I know he made it because he know he wasn't going to be on the plane if he'd have missed that. Yeah. Uh, but um, like I said, forty yards and in, I got no problem with him. I do have a problem. We're going to talk about this in a little while. Not kicking these field goals, and we're going. I'm going to ask you what you would have did. Yo, let's get that in now before we go to the defense. Um, Dan Campbell's uh, coaching. I thought he got a good mark yesterday, but there were a couple that I thought he should have kicked the field goal, and I'm glad he didn't on one because they ended up getting a touchdown. But on the other one, I don't think they scored or they got three late. I forgot what it was. But do you think that he should be kicking more, say, in the 40 to 50-yard range or maybe early 50s, say up to 52, 53? Should he be kicking those or going for them? I have no no problem going for him, especially when you're going to play a team that's across from you. You know that's going to score. You can't trade you can't trade field goals for touchdowns. And I thought that was a situation yesterday, really for both teams. And you saw how it turned out. Now, would you have went for that fourth and two, or would you have kicked the field goal at the end of the game? I would have gone on the fourth and two because you weren't you weren't stopping anybody. I agree. And you know where where he learned that from the Seattle game. I, one thing about Dan Campbell, he learns his lessons well. That Seattle game where he kind of put it in pause and kicked the tie and field goal instead of going for the win and you know in regulation, and they lost to Seattle in overtime. He said that's not happening this time. You know that's and not this happening. Was, this, this was a small thing, but he did that so casually too. Just when he sent out the, you know, the, 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 uh, kept the kept the kept the offense on the on the on the field. Didn't make a big deal about it. He just just kept them out there and. Didn't get all excited and, and ramped up and anything like that. It was just this is the way we do it. And I, right. thought, I thought that sort of sort of was a calming influence on that team in a very big moment. Right. All right, well, so we got the good out the way. Now it's time to talk about the bad. And this goes back to the trading deadline again. Michael Hara, Michael Hara, Michael Hara. This defense is not ready for prime time. And I just feel that, like I said, three games in a row, even the Las Vegas Raiders game, even forget the score. They uh, Garoppolo was just horrible. He was missing the open guys. There would have been two more touchdowns in that game that were wide open touchdowns that he missed. This defense is not getting to the quarterback. 
to me, some of these, the back seven and back four, whatever you want to call it, there's a lot of guys out of position. There's got, it is no reason why on that last touchdown, Allen is wide open like that. Wide open. No reason whatsoever. And especially open. after he's burned you for like 130 yards at that time and open for, what, a 30 or 40-yard play. It's ridiculous. And I don't know how you remedy this or what's, the, what's, what's going on with it, but – they need to – and after a week off, you think that they would iron out some of these defensive problems, but the lack of pass rush and the missed assignments on defense are really bad. I agree with you. They've got 21 sacks. 18 of those have come in three games. The other three have come in, what, six games. Right. That's, that's just not good enough in the National Football League. It isn't. No. It's, not, it's unacceptable. And you got players, man, that are you are hoping to produce or you expect to produce, you know, pressures and sacks. I haven't heard Charles Harris' name in damn near all season. And I'm looking on this sheet. He's getting snaps, so he's playing. But I haven't heard his name called. The old Cora no, brothers. You had a couple of nice uh, sacks a few weeks ago from um, Julian Accor. Romeo Accor has done nothing except for get a penalty yesterday that wiped out a fourth down that had to replay the down because luckily – they had a penalty, too, but hands to the face. At least he got to the quarterback. But he's done nothing this year. They just got too much dead weight going on there. And I don't know what you can do about it now. There's a couple of guys out there, like JPP, uh, Jean-Pierre Paul, or whatever his name is, Paul. He um, said he wants to work out for a contender. You might want to look at him. There's Merciless, the old Houston DN. So guy, you think of they should bring a guy, some of these guys in, or you think we just have to deal with what you got and then deal with it for the rest of the season? If you can bring in a guy who can contribute, bring him in. If it's just another guy just, just shuffling the deck, don't do it. Yeah, well, you're not going to find, a, like I said, you're not going to find a Rolls Royce out there at this time of the year, the scrappy, but if you can find a, a nice running car that can get you, if, if you can get a guy to give you eight good snaps a game or a pass rush, I remember um, – the Lions' old defensive coordinator, uh, Gunther Cunningham, said that when he was with the Raiders, Al Davis told him some big guy, I forgot the guy's name, that um, he had been out the league for a while, and they signed him. He said, look, I only need eight plays out of him a game. He said, can you, can you get him to give me eight plays? It was a Ted Washington or somebody like that. He said, I don't need him right. for eight plays a game. Can you get me eight plays a game? And that's what they got to find a guy. Can you give me eight pass rushes a game? I didn't say eight sacks a game, eight pass rush. Can you put pressure on a quarterback eight times in a game? You mean like Indomitian Sue might? Well, Dominic's a tackle, and I don't have a problem with a, with him as a tackle, but I think it's got to be from that end spot, don't you? I think it's, yeah, that, that would be the priority, yeah, but if, if, if Sue wants to play, play here. Yeah. But does Sue penetrate? Is Sue, Sue's more of a, 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 a stuck-up-the-line well, guy, isn't he? Does he never, well, he's, he's not old. a big sack guy. No, he's older now, but you know he, he he certainly would control his his area. No yeah. doubt about that. Well, I'm all for anything, but I I think they should look at that because five five marches, five touchdowns. That's not playoff wise. That's not a playoff defense. You got to no, get off that not, field. It isn't. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. And that's well, and, that, and really when you, there's certain teams that you play that are, are playoff caliber teams. And look, I don't think that the Chargers are. are that good of a team, but they're playoff, you know, playoff worthy. You know, they have they have the ability to make make a playoff 
appearance. Yeah, they played in the playoffs last year. I think they're a playoff team this year. I think they're a playoff team, but they're not a upper yeah, echelon we'll playoff team. But even if they're not, they, they're close to where you would say they're sure. a playoff yeah, contender. Sure, yeah. Right. So you, those are the games. And on the road, though, like I said, I'm not taking anything away from A win is a win. A win on the road is a great win. Don't get me wrong, no matter by how you do it. And I'm with Dan Campbell on that. But I'm just talking about things that you can get better at. Well, one thing they're good at, they covered the spread. Yes, they did. <laughs> so now it's division time, which every game is two games, basically. These are games, the next two games are four games, really. If you win them both, that'll help you out immensely in the division. And if you lose them both, then you're it's a muck going on. And first is the Chicago Bears, but I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. I guess we'll find out later this week. Even if it's Justin Fields or not, the only thing I'm worried about Justin Fields is the running part. I'm not worried about the throwing part, so... This is a game, Mike, they should come back and, and put the blade down, as my man Lomas would say. Lomas, I, oh, I agree with you. I, I, look, I don't – is there any such a thing as easy games in the National Football League? I mean, no. I think the players that tell you, no, nothing's easy. But these are two games that the Lions should just should just lock up. They really should. Right. And there's, right. These, they're so much better than both teams. It's, right. not even, it's not close. And they're home games. In fact, you know what? They could play one on Sunday and the other one on Monday. Get it <laughs> right. over well, it's pretty much that way. One on Sunday, one on Thursday. That's pretty much like one on Sunday and one on Monday. All right, so we'll uh, talk later in the week, Mike, as we give our predictions for the Chicago Bears game. Uh, we'll see who's quarterbacking by the end, and we'll know what's going on. I'm sure the Lions will be favored by at least six, I'm, the way I'm figuring it. Six points over the Bears? Yeah, at least. Uh, I'll say nine. Yeah, I'm about to say I'll I said at least points. six. At least six for sure. We'll see what it is by the end of the week. All right, that's Michael Hare. Read his writings on the Michael Hare at DetroitLions.com. Uh, Kim Brown on the Mitch Album Show on WGR 760. Today, Alex Anzalone will be on at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. If you get a chance, listen to him He'll because he played another good game yesterday, so we'll have to listen. At least he, he, sure he played yeah, he good. Did. So yeah. we'll talk about the defense today with him. All right, Mike, have a good week, and we'll see you at the end of the week. All right, Kim Brown.